You're listening to the Friends with Dogs podcast. Welcome to episode five of the Friends with Dogs podcast. Hello, everybody. I'm Rick Maynard. This is my co-host, Gina Maynard. Hello. Appreciate you tuning in. I want to thank everybody for the great feedback on our last episode, our interview with Reg Green. If you're joining us for the first time, obviously, we'd love it if you go back and listen to all the ones you missed. But for sure, tune in uh, for episode four. It was uh, it was pretty special. Yes, and for any of you who are placing bets on how many shows we made it through uh, without one of us crying, the winning number was... Four. Four. (laughs) Episode four did it to us. We made it until the fourth episode before we got teary-eyed. But yeah, it was a great interview, and I think Reg is, um, he's representative of a lot of people out there who are doing great work for the dogs, so it was fun talking to him. It was. Now, as we're recording this, we're still getting snow, lots of ice and sleet and nasty stuff here in Kentucky. Uh, our boy Preston is still pretty cranky because his walks are few and far between. Uh, but we do hope that all of you guys are staying warm. Yeah, we. Uh, Preston and I got out today for about five minutes. We uh, ran up the block. We didn't run up the block. We don't really run. <laughs> <laughs> I don't run, but no, we, uh, we walked around the block and uh, the sidewalks are still snow covered, but uh, he soldiered through. So we actually got out a little bit today. That's good. Well, we're excited for this week's episode. We're welcoming two guests to this week's show, Amy and April from Rescue Ranch, which is located in Statesville, North Carolina. Yeah. And if you're racing fans, you may have heard of Rescue Ranch because it was founded by uh, NASCAR driver Ryan Newman and Chrissy Newman uh, in 2012, and they have 87 acres down in Statesville, North Carolina, kind of in the heart of NASCAR country. And um, Ryan is pretty famous race car driver. He's won the Daytona 500 and the Brickyard 400 and then almost won the Daytona 500 again last year. That's true. And then he just barely didn't win it because of a pretty big wreck. He barely didn't win it because of a <laughs> was really. really big wreck. But, uh, you know, a lot of people were concerned about him for quite a while, but he's recovered. He's back in the car and um, doing it all again. But what we're going to talk about today is uh, some new programs that they have at the Rescue Ranch. Yes, they have a new foster and adopt program that launched last November, December 2020. And they find homes to foster uh, dogs and cats and then um, adopt them out. Yeah, it's a really neat program, particularly for a place that uh, historically has been the home for uh, animals who have been rescued. They're going to live there the rest of their lives. But what they've branched into now is uh, sort of a sort of a pass through process where they work with local shelters and find homes for uh, the dogs and cats at those overcrowded shelters. So we cannot wait to hear from them. So let's hear from April and Amy from Rescue Ranch. guys welcome to the friends with dogs podcast hi Hi. thank you so much for having us so what do you guys do Uh, so we are a a humane education facility first that's kind of how we started Um, so essentially we rescue animals Um, they live at rescue ranch so it kind of acts as an animal sanctuary and then we have programs that we run all year long where kids can come in and learn a responsible pet ownership, respect for animals, anything along those lines. Um, so that's what we do 
Um, that's what we have been doing since we were first opened. And then in December, um, April launched our newest program, which is our adoption department. I'll let you the founders, Chrissy and Ryan Newman, they always wanted to have a foster and adoption program. And so with COVID last year, they thought, why not? This is a great time. People are home. People are working from home. Let's um, start this new program and let's rescue animals from shelters and then place them into foster and adoptive homes. So that's what I do here at the ranch. I'm the adoption program director. And so we are just rescuing shelter animals right now and then getting them adopted. Where did the idea of the rescue ranch come from? I, I think that they just felt that there was a need in this community for there to be kind of an organization that does exactly what we started doing. So just teaching kids about responsible pet ownership, about, you know, different animals, how to respect animals. Um, and so, you know, we, it, we really are a unique facility in what we do. So they just felt that that was a need and kind of ran with it. And so, you know, when Rescue Ranch opened, of course, there were a lot fewer animals than we have now, but now we've got 87 animal ambassadors that live at the ranch. Um, so those are the animals that kids will interact with, with their programs and get to learn about. So it's, it's grown exponentially since it started, but yeah, they just saw the need and kind of ran with it. And how many, or how big is the ranch? How many acres? We're on 87 acres. Wow. Yep. That's a lot yeah. of great land to... Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's the best place to work because it's just, it's so peaceful, so beautiful. It dawned on me, we talked about, you talked about animal education. It seems like before rescue is even an option, you guys are wanting to educate so that maybe we don't have to get into rescue mode. Is that yeah, fair? Yeah, so the main purpose behind that really is to just, you know, make an impact and kind of help reduce the overpopulation of animals. So, you know, we definitely, we try to teach all the kids about spaying and neutering your animals. We also, you know, with, with the animals that we have, we try to teach kids and their families, you know, their parents about all the work that really does go into owning those animals as pets so that people don't, you know, adopt one, not know what they're getting into, and then it's more than they can handle and they need to rehome it. So, you know, we try really hard to kind of get people prepared and kind of teach them what to expect before they do become pet owners. Tell me a little bit about your um, your new adoption program where you're working with uh, the high kill shelters. Yeah, so... Um Going in line with our mission is we want to teach the community about responsible uh, companion animals and, again, pet ownership. And so uh, because we're in a rural area of the Carolinas, you know, there are more high kill shelters in kind of our community than maybe some other parts of the Carolinas. And so it was always, you know, a need and passion of Chrissy's to help these animals um, from high kill shelters. And so when we started the adoption program, we wanted to make sure that we were pulling animals that were at risk of euthanasia. And we wanted to make sure that we were able to rescue the animals that need it most. So we only pull animals from uh, kill shelters. You know, we don't pull from humane societies or any other rescues. You know, we really wanted to make an impact at these kill shelters. That way we're able to rescue the animals that need it most. We uh, place them directly into a foster home so that they can start the rehabilitation process. 
And then we find their forever families and then they get adopted into loving homes. So that's the whole basis of everything we do in the adoption program is rescuing the animals that need it most and then uh, giving them at a second chance at forever. So when you say the ones that need it most, are you talking about uh, the difficult to place, the older, maybe the ones that have health issues or the ones that have behavior issues or just animals who, whose time is just up at the shelter? It's, it's a little bit mix of all of those things. So essentially, you know, due to space, a lot of animals will be put down due to sheer space of the shelter. You know, one of the shelters we pull from, it's very rural community. Uh, they don't get a lot of money from the government in their area. And so they only have a limited amount of space. So we go in there and we try to pull as many animals as possible to help them create room. But then we also, you know, we have people that contact us that just want to adopt puppies. And so when a shelter gets puppies in, you know, we'll pull all those puppies and then adopt them out. But it's always been a passion of everyone here. Obviously, you know, we're all passionate about animals. So we do help, you know, the seniors in special needs. So our second rescue, we pulled a senior black Labrador retriever who was old and had some health problems and he was surrendered, you know, because of these health problems, he was heartworm positive. So we pulled him and then we pulled a, um, a deaf albino beagle that was also a senior. Um, yeah, yeah. He was a cool little dude. He's a, a white beagle, but obviously with the white gene, you know, that promotes uh deafness and blindness. And so he went straight to an adopter that day. And so, um, you know, that's always a passion of everyone here is helping the ones that need it most. So whether it's due to space of the shelter or because special needs and people are, you know, they're not sure what that entails. We work with them and show them how to care for these animals. So it's a mix of kind of everything. It really does take a certain type of person. I mean, it's a wonderful service that people provide when they foster because it's most people I think are like us that the dog comes into your home and it's like, okay, this is my dog. But those people that can keep doing that over and over and over again and helping them get comfortable in a home environment and then moving them on to a forever home, those are really special people. Yeah, definitely. And we have about three fosters right now um, and they're all incredible, you know, and there's there hasn't been one, you know, question like I don't know if I can do this it's give me the next dog you know give me the next dog or cat so I can help um so they're incredible families and we're very lucky to have them so especially just starting in December we really want um to gain more fosters and we want people to kind of step up and help us and you know fosters are the ones that save their lives you know we're not able to pull animals unless we have foster homes because we don't have a facility yet so these fosters are the ones that actually save their lives. So we really appreciate them. Is that a goal down the road to have a facility? Yes. So we're hoping next year to possibly have a facility. With looking at animal education, you guys have a variety of animals. So what are the different types of animals that you have on site at Rescue Ranch? So what we normally say is everything but cats and dogs <laughs> um, because we have so many. Um, but we have, you know, oh gosh, variety of outdoor animals. So we've got goats, mini horses, one donkey, um, two turkeys, some chickens, four steer, five pigs, I think 
Oh, oh, and four sheep. That's that's our outdoor crew. Um, and then indoors, we have a lot of small mammals. So we've got rabbits, guinea pigs, uh, dagoos, rats, chinchillas. And then we've got some snakes, a bunch of different lizards, uh, four birds. We're actually taking in a new bird tomorrow um, that we're very excited about, a Quaker parrot who... Um, another rescue actually took her in and reached out to us to see if we'd be able to take her. Um, so she is adorable right now. She has a little cast on her wing. So she's extra just heartwarming to look at right now, (laughs) but she's so sweet. I feel like that that's it. But we, yeah, like I said, there's, there's over 80 of them. So quite a crew. Wow. Now are any of those up for adoption as well? No, so all of the animals at the ranch live at the ranch. Um, it is their home. I think eventually through our adoption program, we'll be able to start taking in maybe some small exotics and things like that. But for now, the adoption program is mostly just dogs and cats. And then all of the ones that are at the ranch, that is home. Um, so, yeah, it might be something that happens in the future. But That was a pretty uh, diverse list that you went down there. I- that's, is, that's incredible. Is there is there anything that you would uh, any any species that you would say no to? Do you draw the line at like porcupines or skunks or anything like that? Well, so we can't take in any wild animals, um, so skunks would be out of the question. <laughs> um, but no, I mean it really just depends what we have the space for and what we feel that we can you know actually provide a really good quality of life for. So we get phone calls every day of people trying to see if we can take in different animals. And, you know, it just really depends. So there might be some that we just feel like we're not a great option for them. Um, But we do have a pretty extensive list of resources of other rescues that maybe are a better fit. Oh, I also did forget tortoises. We have three tortoises. I'm thinking of the craziest animals. I'm like, well, we do have a very large tortoise. Um, but yeah, it really just depends what we're able to kind of provide good care for. But I don't think that there's any species that we would just immediately say no to. It's always kind of a staff discussion. And speaking of staff, how how big is your staff? How many people do you have there and how many volunteers do you have working with you? Yeah, so we have, um, I want to say six or seven full-time staff members, um, a few part-time staff members that come and help us stuff on the weekends. Um, and then volunteers we have in our, in our volunteer database, um, we have over 200. As far as people who are heavily involved, I would say we probably have around 40 that come pretty regularly. Well, we have really amazing volunteers. Um, some of them we joke that they may as well be staff because they come and help with the animals so much. But for our volunteers, especially the ones that help with our animal care. It's, I mean, it's obviously, you know, it's a passion of theirs too. And so, you know, we have ones that come two or three days a week just because it's kind of a nice escape for them to come be with the animals for a few hours. And so we, we really appreciate everything they do for us. Now there at the ranch, I know you have several different areas. You've got a playground. Uh, It seems like there's some other things that uh, I saw lots of hay bales earlier. Yes. Um, Yeah. So we, I'm not sure if you saw the, from the hay art, but we have done a lot of things with hay art at our fall events. Um, So that's always a 
crowd favorite, but we have a sensory nature trail. Um, it's over a mile long. And so there's kind of activities for kids all along it. Um, so it's really nice. Um, I mean, even some staff members will just go walk on it sometimes if you need <laughs> some exercise or just a break. Um, so that's a really fun thing for kids. And it's nice for parents because every few hundred feet, there's some sort of a learning activity for their kid to do. So it kind of takes up some of their time. Um, and then, yes, we do have an amazing uh, all-inclusive playground that, um, in the words of an eight-year-old that I brought there the other day, is the coolest playground in the world. <laughs> so it's it's pretty wonderful. Um, and then that, that's everything that we have that's, like, always there. Uh, when we do events, sometimes we'll set up different activities around the property. We've done... Um, Hey, we do hay rides every year, things like that. But as far as things that are just there every day, that's what we've got. You know, one of the common themes that we hear whenever we speak with rescue organizations is the importance of educating, you know, the next generation. You know, the mm -hmm. kids that are going to grow up to be responsible pet owners. And it's it's so rewarding to see already the fruits of that. I'm on the board at our local Humane Society, and we oh. regularly get little, I mean, young kids, elementary school age, who show up that dedicated their birthday presents to um, items for the shelter. So they'll show up, uh, you know, with a truckload of supplies that they ask their friends to do in, in lieu of birthday presents. So uh, capturing that younger generation is a huge deal. Yeah, absolutely. And it's very, I think it's very heartwarming to see. I, I received, um, so I, I'm our development manager, and I received a letter a few weeks ago from a nine-year-old boy um, in, in Kentucky, I believe. And he had been saving money to go on vacation, but then he decided to donate his money to us. And it was, it was a decent amount of money for a nine-year-old. <laughs> and I got this sweet handwritten letter where he just said he felt like the money should go toward our animals instead. <laughs> it did make me cry a little bit. But <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's, it's very amazing to see um, a younger generation have just such a love for animals. And, and speaking of outside North Carolina, I think I re remember reading an article about Chrissy going to the Bahamas after Hurricane Dorian. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and, and how that came about and, and what happened. Yeah, so Chrissy is everyone's favorite animal rescue hero here. We're all just like in awe of what she does kind of outside of the ranch because she's she really has dedicated her life to animal rescue. And so um, she's a part of many groups uh, with the Bahamas, Hurricane Dorian. She is a part of IFAL which is International Federation of Animal Welfare, and then ASAR, which is Animal Search and Rescue. So Chrissy is an incredible woman. She is trained to go in and do swift water rescue, get animals out, you know, completely save their lives. So she, de she deploys to different natural disasters with these uh, nonprofit organizations. And it's basically the military of animal rescue. <laughs> you know, they go in, they deploy, they set up operations and logistics. They're there to do a job. And so in the Bahamas, it was, you know, to rescue and evacuate all the animals that were left behind. And so she goes in, um, and she's just absolutely incredible. I mean, just to see all the devastation and stuff and to still be strong and to keep doing that. I mean, she's, I know, 
that was one of the reasons I really wanted to join the rescue ranch team was because she's just incredible. So um, yeah, she deploys a lot with natural disaster relief. And then also the ranch is very unique in a way that um, it also serves as a base for when natural disasters strike. I know, I think it was 80 steer. Um, I think there was, because Chrissy's so connected in these natural disaster uh, organizations, uh, we had around 80 cows and steers that had to be evacuated. And so Rescue Ranch actually held them um, until they were able to move to their new home. Um, and so that's one of the cool, unique things about Rescue Ranch is, you know, it's this huge um, ranch. And so we're able to help animals that, you know, have always needed it. So if somebody wants to learn more about Rescue Ranch and how they can get involved, uh, can you tell us how they might be able to do that or make a donation? Yeah. Um, so anything that they would like to learn or if they want to make a donation, um, if they just go to rescueranch.com, that is the hub for all of it. <laughs> um, so there is a tab on our main homepage that is, it says get involved. So if you click on that, there's information about volunteering, about donating, about other ways you can support the ranch. Um, so all of that information is right there. I couldn't help but think about the NASCAR uniforms and <laughs> think about maybe where the, wherever the animals are, there'd be little sponsorship <laughs> decals or something. <laughs> Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to do that, but I think she's suggesting that you, that you put decals on your tortoises. So I don't, know, I don't know if you yep, want to do that yep. or not. Yeah, we're gonna sell the side shell. Yeah, side shell. Yep. Yeah, we'll put a T-shirt on the goats that say who sponsors them. Yeah. <laughs> keep it. Yeah, keep it related to NASCAR. Yeah, definitely. Is there anything else that you guys would like to add that you want people to know about? rescue ranch so we do offer tours that is another way that people can come out and see the ranch um and to schedule a tour if people call the ranch that is really the easiest way um our phone number is 704-768-0909 um but yeah tour so tours are an hour and a half long um and it is twenty dollars per adult $10 for kids from ages two to 13 and under two is free. And they're a really, really fun way to come and learn about the ranch because you get to have some hands-on interactions with some of our indoor animal ambassadors. And then you get to go and meet the outdoor animal ambassadors you get to feed the goats. Usually they'll let you give some celery to our pigs as well, which is quite entertaining. Um, and then also you'll have access to our nature trails and our playground after your tour. So, yeah, that's a really great way that people can come and kind of see what we do. Perfect. So if anyone is traveling through North Carolina, near the center of the state, near Charlotte, then they should make sure to jot that number down and come by and see you guys. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much. We appreciate it. <laughs> thank you so much for having yeah, us. Yeah, we really appreciate it. A lot of great things happening at Rescue Ranch. Hope you enjoyed the interview. I uh, want to thank the Newmans and the staff there for all the great work they're doing. And we wish them all the best with their new foster and adoption program. And it's a great reminder about the importance of foster care. It's really an important part of any shelter's rescue and adoption program. And we really appreciate those who foster because we know how, how hard that can be for us. And so we 
are just in awe of people who can help those dogs get yeah. adopted. Yeah, it really takes a special person to say, hey, I'm going to take this dog in, get close to this dog, uh, get them acclimated to a home, and then give them up to their forever home. So kudos to all those people who have the makeup to do that. We couldn't do it without you. Yes. And as always, as we finish up this episode, we'd love to hear from you. So hit us up on any of our social media channels, including our Twitter page, which is at Friends with Dogs. Yeah, and we would really appreciate it if you'd leave a review for our podcast on iTunes. That makes it easier for other dog lovers like you uh, to find the podcast. And uh, we would love to grow our audience and find out about more great things that are happening all across the country. And that's really the best way to do it. And we have a lot of exciting guests coming up. I, I want to tell you so badly. Can I tell them? <laughs> no. Oh. We have a lot of exciting <laughs> guests coming up. <laughs> so we hope that you'll tune in. The cool thing about it is we have been, uh, you know, working from one podcast to the next, but we're actually a couple of interviews ahead right now. We've actually already talked to a couple other people that are going to be the subject of future podcasts at least one of which Gina is really excited about. That's the sound of my heart beating. <laughs> so you'll you'll know it when um, when it shows up for sure because she'll be uh, she'll be her giddy self during that interview for sure. I let Rick lead that interview so I didn't embarrass myself. She was busy swooning. No, no, no. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. Just just Lots of love. She's Lots of really love. Cute. We, well, that's it for this episode of Friends with Dogs podcast. Thanks no, for listening. No, no, no. We've uh, we've talked about um, my huge uh, man crush on Matt from uh, We Rate Dogs. Mm -hmm. He's my dream guest, and eventually we'll have him on the show. But I think it's safe to say that coming up here in a couple weeks, we're going to have your dream guest, right? Yes. Okay. That's a very good way of putting it. Okay. That's our tease. That's our podcast tease. That's right. He's been the one person I wanted to have on since we first came up with this idea. Yeah. So now that's it for this episode of the Friends <laughs> with Dogs podcast. We appreciate you listening. And go do something nice for a dog today. Bye, y'all.